that Jesus died on the cross for our healing. We could say that Jesus fulfills that prophecy from Exodus. I am the Lord your God who restores your health. Even the word in Latin for salvation, which is what Jesus came to do on the cross for us, is the same word for sanity, we could say, or for health. Now in more common English. So Jesus came to die for us, for both, for our salvation from sin and also to restore our health. And so he is doing that work in all of his disciples as we read in the gospel of the Passion of Christ. He's healing them and preparing them for giving themselves more entirely as disciples. And so we read the story of Peter. We could follow the whole passion almost by following the moments when Peter comes up. And we see how the Lord is healing his heart, his soul, and really making, there's a great disciple in the make at this moment. And we all are Peter. We are Peter. We are like him. We can almost put ourselves in his shoes. Peter represents almost every disciple, we could say. As the other disciples, the R11 themselves, they looked up to, to Peter to see what he did and how he reacted, and they did the same in many ways. And so we look up to Peter and we say, I am Peter too. I am the disciple. And I need the Lord to perform in me the same work that he did in Peter. So we know that the formation of a disciple takes two things. It takes training, but it takes also being tried. You have to be trained and you have to be tried. Peter had been trained during the whole public ministry of Jesus. We know of this. So many moments when Jesus is training Peter that we know and many for sure that we don't know. He walked on water. You know, the Lord allowed him to do the same thing that he did. Something that only God could do. We know from the Old Testament that God is the one who hovers over the waters. And he, the creator of all that there is, was able to walk on water. But even beyond that, he called Peter to, to walk on water as well. As he had called the disciples to do and perform the same things that he could do. He invited them to expel demons. To raise people from the dead. To heal people. He gave them his same power. And in that moment he gave Peter the same power of God. To be able to walk on water. How amazing. And he taught Peter at that point to be able to, to trust the Lord. And when we look at ourselves, we sink. But when we look at Christ, we are able to do incredible things even beyond what we can do ourselves. We know that moment of the proclamation of faith of Peter. When Jesus is asking, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, the spokesman, he takes the initiative and says, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. 
He professes his faith in that moment. And Jesus in that moment teaches him as well. Blessed are you, Peter, for this doesn't come from blood or flesh, but from my Father. He taught Peter how to be inspired by God, how to rely in his inspiration and not in his own ideas. And in so many ways we could highlight many other instances when Jesus was training Peter and he had been trained very, very well. But there was one thing that was missing. There was one part of the formation of a disciple that had not yet been done. And that is the trying moment. This disciple needed to be tried. Tried by fire. Tried by the passion. Tried at the moment of the cross. So that he could be a disciple to the full stature that the Lord was calling him. And so every disciple needs to go through the passion. Needs to go through the cross. We all need to be tried by the passion of Christ. To enter with him into Jerusalem. To be able to suffer with him. To be truly formed. And that is what Jesus is doing in the life of Peter. And when a disciple is tried by the passion of Christ, Jesus does in our hearts, in our souls, the same two things that he did in Peter at the moment of his passion. He heals us from two main errors that we can fall in our discipleship. He healed Peter from his presumption and he healed Peter from his dismay. He healed Peter in the first place from his presumption. From thinking that he had in his own human power all that it took to be a disciple of Christ. He was relying too much, as we said at the beginning, on his cloak. On the talents that he had. On the good aspects of his life. He felt strong. He felt that he could take the soldiers down with his sword. He felt that he was, you know, already fully trained to go to the, all the corners of the earth. He relied too much on his own human power. He was presumptuous. And so Jesus heals him in his passion. It's amazing how he stops him, put that sword back into, his, into its sheath. This is not the moment for fighting. And coming to bring a kingdom in a different way. I freely give me life and give my life and lay it down for others. I could fight twelve legions of angels. I could have at my disposal right now. But in coming to lay down my life, he showed Peter another power that when he was weak, he would be strong. That he needed to not rely solely on his human power, but that there was a higher power, the power of God in him. But Jesus also had to heal Peter, the disciple, and each one of us from the other temptation of the disciple, that is that of dismay. Thinking that we are not enough, that we can't, feeling overwhelmed. There's nothing good in me that can attain this. 
And so Jesus also looks at Peter after his betrayal, after everything that happened at the lowest point in the life of Peter and raises him up. And so from that weeping of Peter, he was raised in a new trust that he had what it took. That if the Lord chose him, it was for a reason. That it wasn't his own power. And so the Lord did an amazing healing work in the life of Peter, the disciple. And so he wants to do with each one of us in this Holy Week. We need to be tried by the passion and the cross of Christ to be full disciples. Trained to the highest degree. It's not only about training, about all the things that we can learn, but it's also about being tried and found able to undergo the test. And when Jesus did that in Peter, he converted him into a redeemed sinner, an identity that Peter never forgot after that moment. And that had a power in him that drew him to bring all the disciples together after the resurrection and to pray for the Holy Spirit. And when they were persecuted in Jerusalem to go out to Samaria and then to the corners of the earth and to be able to summon everyone in council and to start going to the Gentiles and he the fisherman of a small lake in Galilee to be able to navigate the Mediterranean Sea, and to reach all the way to Rome, to preach there, and to die on a cross as his Savior. It was all because he was tried and found worthy of that great call. He knew in his heart and in his soul that he was a redeemed sinner. That if he counted on the power of Christ, There was nothing that could stop him. And from that moment on of the passion of Christ, he was able to link his life to Christ's, to tie together his life and his destiny to that of the Lord's. Jesus says in the gospel today to that person in the town of Jerusalem, It is in your house that I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. If there's anything particular about this Holy Week, is that the Lord wants to celebrate in your house, in your home. You may not be able to come to church, but Christ will come to you. May He heal you from any presumption as a disciple. May he heal you from any dismay that you may be feeling in this time so that like Peter, you may find your new identity as a redeemed sinner and nothing will stop you so that you may also link your life and your destiny and your future and the rest of your days to your Savior.